0: It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, brought to you by 90min, and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and it's our transfer update show uh, where we're going to be talking about the latest reports with regards to players coming and with regards to players going. At the moment, it feels like there's a lot more to do with the going, uh, those potentially headed for an exit uh, than there is for those coming in. But there are a couple of bits and pieces floating around today as well. So I'll keep you uh, up to date on all of that, or I'll get you all up to speed on that. I'm sure nowadays most of you have read it all or seen it all somewhere, but I'll try and give a little bit more context, try and give a little bit more information and uh, share my views with any of the players discussed on this episode. Big hello to those of you watching us live at the moment, in particular to Josh, Zoe, Brad, uh, Harry Haran. Hope you're all good. Uh, Welcome to the show. Don't forget, smash the like button early doors, get it out the way and then it's done and dusted. And you don't have to hear me say it over and over again throughout the podcast. Uh, Quick apology because my throat is still a bit messed up and I probably still sound a little bit blocked up, uh, but it's getting better day by day. So hopefully in the next few days, it'll be completely gone. And I'll be back to my usual tones, uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into it without further ado, and let's begin with the Granit Xhaka talk. Now, of course, Granit Xhaka is being linked with a move to Roma. Now, we talked about this yesterday because, of course, the initial reports with regards to Roma and Jose Mourinho in particular's interest in the player were uh, broken yesterday. However, uh, I've done a little bit of digging, I've done a little bit of research, I've done a bit of reading and I'm trying to kind of read between the lines here and understand exactly what is going on with Granite Xhaka at the moment. So we know if you cast your minds uh, back a a couple of seasons ago to when Granite Xhaka uh, obviously lost lost his rag with the Emirates crowd and I don't want to get into that all over again. Uh, but if you cast your mind back to that time, it looked as though the writing was on the wall. It looked as though Granite Xhaka was headed for an exit. And to be fair to him, he got his head down. He got back in the side, particularly after Mikel Arteta uh, arrived. And he, he got his head down and he started working hard again. And I think that this season Granite Xhaka has played his best football in an Arsenal shirt. But I think the damage that was done, uh, the the kind of the damage that was done between Granit Xhaka and the fan base has never really been repaired. And I don't think it ever will be fully repaired. I think, you know, whenever I kind of tweet anything or post anything in relation to Granit Xhaka, and I put a tweet out earlier where I said, you know, if he wants to go, fair enough, but the price and and the offer that Roma are said to be sort of pushing towards the club at the moment just feels completely unreasonable to me. And the, the classic response that I get from people is, yeah, but Granit Xhaka disrespected the fans. He disrespected you. Granit Xhaka didn't disrespect me. He disrespected the people that were needlessly abusing him during a game of football, not me. So I didn't take it personally. I know a lot of people have, but for me, it wasn't personal. Um, but I think ever since then, you know, you've always got that feeling, haven't you, that if Granit Xhaka could, if the right opportunity were to present itself, that he would probably prefer to leave the football club. And I think that Roma is an attractive proposition for somebody like Granit Xhaka. We've talked about it before. His playing style is probably a lot more suited to Serie A. The slower tempo, the additional time that he will get in midfield, I think, will allow him to thrive. Roma not in a great place at the moment. Uh, Paulo Fonseca has left the club and Jose Mourinho is taking over ahead of the new season. I'm not even sure that Jose Mourinho is going to take them to the level that a club like Roma should be at. But Jose Mourinho has previous of doing incredibly well in Italy. And I actually think that at this stage in his career, the Premier League and and, and probably La Liga as well have have passed him by a little bit. I think with Serie A you could see Mourinho prove himself to be a force again. And I think this move makes perfect sense. I think Mourinho has identified um Granite Xhaka as someone who maybe isn't performing at his maximum in the Premier League, maybe isn't able to show off his qualities week in, week out in this league, but who could translate those skills across, I think, very well into Serie A. I think that's what Mourinho has seen in this. And he's also seen a player who, make no mistake about it, is not overly happy at the club at which he currently plays. Granit Xhaka will say that it's all done and dusted. he say that it's all been brushed under the carpet. But I think what happened cut deeper. And I think Granit Xhaka, yes, has performed very, very well this season. But that's been because of him wanting to prove it to himself, wanting to prove to the world, to the Premier League, to the Arsenal fan base that there is a player in there. And I think he's successfully done that. So it'll be sod's law now that Granit Xhaka has started to improve. That we're gonna lose him. I've got no issue with losing him, as I've said over and over again, as long as the right moves and the right things are put in place to cope with that, to cope with um, you know, his his absence. And and that's my worry that the club will not do what is necessary in order to replace him and in order to upgrade on him. Because ultimately, if you're gonna sell someone like Granit Xhaka, it's gotta be to upgrade on him. It can't be a like for like. What would be the point in that? It's gotta be an upgrade. And I think that um, the Arsenal, unless they're going to break the bank, are going to struggle to to find someone who is an upgrade on Granit Xhaka. Um, as I say, without them paying top top dollar, and you look at you look at someone like Granit Xhaka, and, and you ask yourself the question: What is Granit Xhaka worth in today's market? Is he worth? I don't know what the hell that noise is. Can you hear that? Don't know what that was. Apologies. Uh, but is, is he worth, is Granite Xhaka worth 50, 60 million pounds in today's market? No, I don't think so. Is he worth 40 million pounds? Maybe not. Is he worth 30 million pounds, 25 million pounds? I think around about 25 to 30 million pounds is a fair valuation uh, for somebody like Granite Xhaka. Nothing less, nothing more. But the problem is here is that Roma are not willing to pay anywhere near that. And what Arsenal have on their hands now is a player who wants to move away. A club who are keen to bring him a club who seemingly have already approached Granit Xhaka. You know, we've heard reports that their verbal agreement is in place, that Granit Xhaka is excited by the prospect of joining up with Jose Mourinho in Rome. So what Arsenal now have on their hands is somebody who wants to leave the club. But we're in a position where the club, who have already been in his ear, who have already turned his head, actually don't want to pay anywhere near what we see as his valuation. And for a deal to be completed, we're going to have to meet with Roma somewhere in the middle. But even somewhere in the middle, you know, if they're talking about £10 million plus add-ons and I'm talking about £25 to £30 million to 30000000 pounds Somewhere in the middle is not going to cut it for Arsenal. And it's not going to allow Arsenal, in my opinion, to be able to go out and sign an upgrade without additional investment. We know that Arsenal need to spend money this summer. You know, the squad needs improvement if Arsenal are going to challenge for the top four. But despite what the Cronkies say, you know, there's no guarantee that we're going to spend top top dollar this summer and bring in the three or four players I think that we need in order to sustain that challenge next season so on the one hand I don't really want Granite Xhaka to go but I accept and understand that you know he himself might want to go and I accept that there is very few players probably I could count them on one hand in this group right now that are untouchable, in this group right now that I would categorically say no to selling. Granit Xhaka isn't one of those players. But my kind of reluctance here comes from the fact that I don't think we're going to get what he's worth. And that's the problem. Um, I, I I, I really like this comment from Graham. He says, time to play hardball, I'd say. He's under contract and we don't have to sell him. It's their worry rather than ours. Let them make the right offer. Yeah, and and I agree with that. I think that is absolutely the right approach to take with somebody like Granit Xhaka, given the current contract situation. I just fear that this club that have been traditionally so bad at selling players over the years are going to do something silly here, going to do something irresponsible here, something that doesn't allow us to then go out and upgrade on him, in which case, what would have been the point in the first place? So there we go. There we go. Uh, Let's go over to the live chat. Get your comments in, get your thoughts in on the Granit Xhaka situation. I'd love to hear from you. Um, M says, Harry, as much as I don't like Arteta, I don't think he'd put pressure on himself and the club by saying the owners will invest if he didn't know it would happen, potentially. Or perhaps he's been promised that investment, in which case that you know, still has to actually come to fruition. And I think with Mikel Arteta, right, because Pep Guardiola has been speaking today, head of the Champions League final, and he actually dropped a comment in where he talked about how, you know, football can change very quickly. And he talked about the fact that Man United will get better. Liverpool will be better again. And he mentioned Arsenal specifically, and he said Arsenal are on the right path and Arsenal will invest. Just wonder if Mikel Arteta has had a word uh, with his old boss uh, about Arsenal's plans for the future. I don't know. You know, hopefully they know something that we don't. But it's a valid point. M. you know, he is going to look silly if um, if he keeps saying that they're going to invest, if he keeps saying that they're backing him and then that doesn't come to fruition. Nothing happens. Nothing materializes. You know, then he's going to be kind of held in the same esteem that Wenger was towards the back end of his Arsenal tenure. Which was as somebody who's just bending over backwards to protect his bosses, somebody who's spineless, somebody who doesn't have the bottle to come out and challenge and open up and be honest about what is going on at the football club. Um, Briav says, uh, Our greatest legend said that he is shite, and you deluded fans go on like his prime Busquets. Who on earth on this channel? has compared Granite Xhaka to prime Sergio Busquets. I always say this because people, what people do when they listen to podcasts or when they watch things on YouTube is they can't, it's like they imagine comments that you've never said. It's as if they, they just magically concoct these conversations that have happened, maybe just in their own minds, because if you can find me, where I said that Granite Xhaka compares to Prime Busquets. As I say to everybody else, send me your bank details and I'll transfer you 100 quid because you, you won't find it. It's it's absolute nonsense. Nobody said that. And, and you know, that's you, you essentially arguing with yourself because not a single person here, not on the channel, not in the comments, has said anything of the sort. Nobody's compared Granite Xhaka to Prime Busquets. So uh, that's the Granit Xhaka talk. You know, he he seemingly wants to go. Um, that's what the reports are telling us. You know, he hasn't come out and said it. We haven't heard it from the horse's mouth directly. But you get that feeling. And when you think about all that's occurred involving Granit Xhaka, the Arsenal fans, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, over over the last couple of seasons, you kind of just, you know, you kind of feel like it is heading in that direction and uh, and there we are. Um, right, let's move on from the Granit Xhaka stuff. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Matteo Genduzzi, uh, another player that is being linked with a move away from Arsenal. Now, Matteo Genduzzi has, of course, spent the last season on loan in Germany in the Bundesliga with Hertha Berlin. Um, Matteo Genduzzi was due to return to the Emirates, is still due to return to the Emirates uh, uh, over the summer. But the issue with Matteo Genduzi as I've pointed out uh, time and time again on these shows, is that his contract uh, situation is a precarious one. He is um, only contracted at Arsenal until the end of next season. So you feel like if Arsenal are going to sell Matteo Ganduzzi, it is now or never. His contract expires on the 30th of June 2021. Um, so that's at the end of. Are we in 2021? What am I talking about? No, sorry. That's the Her to Berlin's day. 2022 is when his Arsenal contract expires. And so Arsenal need to make a decision. And it's understood that Marseille uh, in France have shown interest in Mateo Gendouzi and would like to take him uh, back to his uh, native country. Now, I've said this over and over again about Mateo Gendizi. He's a player with the physical attributes and the technical ones too, I think, to really go on and become a really good footballer and a really effective central midfield player. But his attitude has let him down time and time and time again. And it's not just Mikel Arteta that says that, you know, he went to Hertha Berlin and the, the manager at the time made the same comments, revealed that he was immature. Like he, I think he's, the phrase he used was like he's a, a young player going through footballing puberty. He's not quite at the maturity level required. He lets himself down in that sense. And so with his contract situation, the way it is I think Arsenal need to try and cash in on Matteo Genduzzi this summer. And look, I've talked a lot about transfers in recent years that have been low risk um, and a potentially high reward. Matteo Genduzi was low risk. £8 million pounds was what it cost us to bring him to the club. There was a potentially high reward there had he gone on to fulfil that potential, but it looks like he isn't going to. And so, you know, for Matteo Ganduzzi, um to go back, if we could recuperate somewhere close to the fee that we paid for him, then I think that would be pretty decent business at the moment. No harm done from a financial point of view. And it's just not worked out. For what it's worth, I think that Matteo Ganduzzi, um you know, obviously has his issues with Mikel Arteta and I get that, but the club aren't going to select one individual player over the manager, but unless that individual player is on Lionel Messi levels, then that's just the way it is. And I thought that Matteo Genduzzi's tweet, which was brought to my attention by a couple of you guys yesterday in the chat box with regards to Unai Emery winning the Europa League, was just a little bit much. Um, yeah, you know, he's a manager that gave you your opportunity at Arsenal brought you to the Premier League, et cetera, et cetera, and you feel like you owe him something for that and you're happy for him and you're pleased for him. But this felt like kind of sticking the knife in, didn't it, uh, a little bit. So I'll just bring that to your attention for maybe those who haven't seen it. He said, what a journey, this football, so smart and elegant. Unai Emery's football can be smart at times. It's not elegant, is it? He said, you made the dreams of an entire city of a club, a team, and of all the fans come true. You did it. You know how to win trophies. Hats off, Monsieur Emery. You are so unique. I am honored and proud to have had the opportunity to evolve by your side. Words will never be strong enough to qualify your personality, your benevolence, and your authenticity in human relationships. All my congratulations, Coach Unai Emery, and bravo to uh, Villarreal. So, you know, for me, that feels a little bit piss-takey. Does that make sense? It feels like he's he's just pushing a little bit too far. Like, you can gr- congratulate Unai Emery and you can you know, thank him. And and Unai Emery did some good things for a lot of players at Arsenal. I thought he did some great things for Bukayo Saka. And I think a lot of the positives that we've seen from Bukayo Saka this season are off the back of Unai Emery, giving him the opportunities that he did. So I'm not saying that Unai Emery was all bad and, and, you know, there was, that that's the way it is. But, I mean, this was a little bit over the top and this felt a little bit disingenuous, if you ask me. And it's the kind of immaturity that Matteo Genduzi. I think has shown time and time again throughout his career as Brad Richardson says it probably is a that's a Unai come and get me yeah maybe uh maybe maybe so so Matteo Genduzzi linked with a move uh back to France linked with Marseille in particular but there has been no official contact as of yet uh from what we are being told so that's where we are at this moment in time um A couple of other bits and pieces. We talked yesterday about Real Betis being interested in Hector Bellerin and looking to bring him uh, back to Spain, Uh, a club, of course, with which he has ties. Uh, Hector Bellerin, his father's a huge Real Betis supporter. It's a club he's been quoted as saying in the past that he'd like to play for one day. Uh, But I understand that for Real Betis, The finances here are a major, major issue, and Arsenal are not willing to loan out Hector Bellerin unless there is an obligation to buy clause inserted that would see them be able to reinvest that money, knowing it's guaranteed to come in at a later date. But even still, that you know that uh, obligation to buy and that sort of type of deal would have to guarantee the funds that Arsenal feel Hector Bellerin is worth. And from what I understand, from what I've read, from what I've been told today uh, by a couple of people, Hector Bellerin, um, you know, might be keen himself on moving to to Real Betis. He may see it as a viable option. Of course, they're in Europe next season, managed by Manuel Pellegrini, a manager of uh, Great Pedigree, but it doesn't look like real betis will will have the financial power to get that deal done unless they do some other business it could it could mean they sell nabil Fakir. Uh, he's a player that arsenal have been linked with in the past perhaps something can be done there a lot of you commented on yesterday's video uh, suggesting that arsenal could swap bellerin for emerson uh, the real betis fullback but of course he is part owned by Barcelona, which makes that situation a lot more complex than just a straightforward swap deal. Um, strange arrangement that not something you see every day in football, but it is the case when it comes to Emerson. He's part owned by Barcelona and part owned by Real Betis. So not as easy that one as uh, as some people would have you believe. So I think that one's hit a bit of a brick wall. I'm told that the interest is genuine, but similarly to Roma, you know, these clubs are not willing to play. I don't know if it's because they're not willing to play ball or if they simply can't afford to. I think at some point in this transfer window, and we don't want to do it from the very beginning uh, because that would be wrong and that would be bad business. But I think at some point in this transfer window, we're going to have to lower our expectations with regards to incoming transfer fees from clubs on the continent, particularly in the leagues that have been hit harder by the COVID pandemic, you know, we talk about the Premier League, we get our violins out when we're talking about Arsenal's finances and the loss of revenue, etc. But you've got to imagine for countries where the TV money is not half as significant as what it is in the Premier League, it's been a much tougher time. And so perhaps, as I say, later on in the transfer window, we're going to have to adjust our expectations of what we can recuperate for certain players, particularly if we're selling them abroad. Let's move on to uh, one more transfer story that is doing the rounds today. And again, it's a player that Arsenal have been linked with in the past. There's been talk of this uh, in months gone by, but appar- apparently, according to Record, the Portuguese newspaper in their Friday edition, they claim that Arsenal have made contact with Sporting uh, regarding the 18-year-old striker Thiago Thomas. Now, Thiago Thomas is a player that um, is highly rated, uh, across the continent, in particular in Portugal, where Sporting feel that they have a real, real talent on their hands. Uh, from what we, we're reading, Arsenal had not made an official approach, but decided to test the water with regards to Thiago Thomas, and were told that the only way they would be signing Thiago Thomas this summer would be if they were to trigger his 60 million euro release clause. Now, that for me, Shuts that deal down straight away. You're talking about an 18 year old kid who managed 16 got uh, six goals, I should say. 16 would be would be great. He managed six goals uh, last season for Sporting Lisbon in 37 appearances. Now I know he's 18, and you've got to take that into account, right? But it's not inspiring. It's not something that jumps out at you off the page. It's not something that makes you feel um, as though it's a deal that you absolutely 100, categorically have to get done. So you know, with that one, it feels like uh, Sporting are playing hardball. Edu is supposedly leading the charge for this player. He is very keen on him, wants to see him uh, in an Arsenal shirt and still feels, according to the report, that he can tempt Sporting into selling the player for less. Now, Sporting, of course, were crowned Portuguese champions uh, at the back end of last season. And so Sporting probably feel as though they don't really need to sell the player right now. And with him, Uh, clearly going to be given the opportunities to showcase his talent on the Champions League stage next season. Will they feel that they're better off holding on and then potentially seeing somebody trigger that release clause or offering a much higher fee than what Arsenal are currently willing to pay? The striker situation is one that probably needs addressing, um, but I think it's one of the ones that You look at it and you say, yes, we could do with improvements there, but you could kind of put that one on the back burner, kick the can down the road a little bit, if you like. Because right now, for me, that is not the main priority. You know, it is something that we need to do further down the line. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is going to be 32 uh, in June. Alexander Lacazette may leave the club this summer, as might Eddie Nketiah. So as I say, it's a position we need to look at. I'm just not sure we should be breaking the bank for a striker, in particular one who poses a huge risk like Thiago Thomas, 18-year-old, etc., etc. I'm not sure this is the summer for it. Uh, if a good opportunity comes along, I think Arsenal should be looking at it. But this one feels like a bit of a, it's one of those signings that you'd like to make in an ideal world. But should you prioritise it when you're struggling to make the ones that you actually need? I would say no, uh, if I'm honest. So that rounds up the kind of stories that I've got to bring to you all today. Get in the live chat and give me some questions, fire over some questions for the last uh, sort of 10, 15 minutes of the live podcast. Uh, I can see there's a few in there already, which I'll address in a moment, but let me just take this opportunity to remind you of a couple of bits. First of all, This show is brought to you by Manscaped.com. So if your nether regions are in need of some tender loving care ahead of the lockdown fully lifting, then head over to Manscaped.com. Check out their fantastic male grooming products. You will not be disappointed. They are fantastic. And if you use our discount code, which is 90MIN20, you will receive 20% off of your order as well as free worldwide shipping. Check it out. You stand to save yourself a fair amount of money if you are interested. And I'm sure when you have a look at some of those products, uh, you'll see the need uh, for them. So check it out. Uh, It's always... um, it's always great uh, to get sponsors on board. And I thank Manscaped, of course, for their very, very kind sponsorship of the uh, of the podcast. So thank you, uh, Manscaped, as always. Quick reminder as well, if you haven't done so already, make sure that you hit that like button. Let's check in where we're at on the likes at the moment. I can see right now there's over and. 50 of you watching on YouTube alone uh, so uh, that we should in theory at least be on the 75 to 100 like mark um, let's see if we're anywhere near that we are on 44 so let's try and get up to at least 75 as soon as possible um, that would be great and uh, yeah let's uh, let's go over to the chat box and see what you guys are saying uh, Marshall says hi Harry you're going to do a Champions League final watch along it should be lit I'm not Marshall Um, I'm going to be bringing you watch-alongs during the European Championships, but um, I wanted to take a couple of weekends off, if I'm honest, because it's been a long, arduous season. Uh, It's been really tough uh, to kind of fit everything in and to balance everything, and it's been exhausting, Uh, and I'm taking... The next couple of weeks before weekends, anyway, uh, before the European Championships start, where where I'll be busy again uh, to kind of unwind to chill out. I'm going to be watching the game with some friends and family tomorrow, so really looking forward to that. So no watch along uh, for the Champions League final, but as I say, during the Euros, I'll be bringing you plenty of watch alongs, plenty of content in relation to both Arsenal and the European Championships. So I hope you'll uh, you'll stay tuned and join us uh, for some of that. Uh, Arjit says, hello, Harry, whom would you take as Xhaka's replacement? Ruben Neves will be my pick, class passer and shoots more solid defensively also. Ruben Neves is not a bad shout, you know, I, I would be for that. I think Ruben Neves is, is someone that would add an extra dimension uh, to that Arsenal midfield because, as you mentioned, he is very comfortable in possession, Uh, would be able to go and get the ball off the back four, similarly to the way Granit Xhaka is tasked with doing now. He gets more goals than Granit Xhaka. He's just 24 years old as well, Uh, Ruben Neves. I think he'd cost a fair amount of money, but if Arsenal could fund that along with what they get in for Granit Xhaka, it's not a deal I'd be against. You know, uncertainty at Wolverhampton Wanderers, Nuno Espirito Santo leaving the club and Ruben Neves is one of his disciples, if you like. So, yeah, that that would make sense to me. Um, obviously gives us something from set pieces as well. But as you say, I think a lot of people overlook what Ruben Neves does from a defensive point of view and how disciplined he is positionally and, and all of that. So I think he'd be the perfect fit. I, I like Ruben Neves and I'd, I'm i going to be controversial in saying this maybe, but I'd rather we sign Ruben Neves than, than Yves Bissouma. I think, I think kind of just thinking about that off the top of my head. Uh, maybe we'll do some kind of analysis on the two and, and make the decision that way. But off the top of my head, when I'm talking about the profile of player that I want us to bring in, in the event that Granit Xhaka leaves, Ruben Nevers jumps out to me more than Yves Bissouma does. Um, lots of people would disagree with that, and that's fine. I, I just, that I want that type of player, that kind of profile. Uh, Morteza says, any news on Grealish Harry? No. Um, it feels like wishful thinking to me. Um, you know, it feels like wishful thinking to me when, when Arsenal fans talk about Jack Grealish coming to the club, he's going to cost an awful lot of money if he does leave Aston Villa. And, um, and I don't think that Arsenal would be in the space right now to compete for him. I think there'll be other clubs who will see him as a, a really good signing and they'll probably have more to offer him at the moment in terms of European football, in terms of being competitive at the very top end of the Premier League. Arsenal, unfortunately, just shopping in a different bracket at the moment, as sad as it is to say. Uh, M says, Harry, it's not a question, but it's something I've wanted to say for you to you for ages. Arsenal fans aren't reactionary. We've been the most patient fans who've been let down year on year for 15 years. We're not really patient though, if we moan about it every week, are we? (laughs) Which is kind of the point. Look, Look, there are, there are loads of Arsenal fans out there that have been extremely patient over the last few years, over the last decade, even. But there are also for every patient, sensible, respectable Arsenal fan, there are a lot of idiots out there. And, and you know, that's not to, to dig out Arsenal fans in particular because every club has them, but there are a lot of people that kind of live in this world whereby, they don't take into account the circumstances. They don't take into account everything that's going on outside of the club and how that impacts, i.e. the fact that when we were competing with Manchester United at the top of the Premier League, it was just us and Manchester United. We had a manager whose incredible ability to scout players and you know methods that had never been seen in the England in England before propelled us to a level where we could compete with the country's most powerful football club but then Chelsea come into the picture then Liverpool come into the picture Manchester City come into the picture Tottenham have have grown as well and all of a sudden now you're no longer competing with just one club and if Arsenal finished second every year behind Manchester United in the eyes of most that would have been a success but now we're in a different we're in a different era we're in a different age and you've got I'm not it's not an excuse for Arsenal not competing at the very top it's just that you have to consider it when judging whether Arsenal have been successful or whether Arsenal failed. You know, when those clubs emerged, finishing in the top four became an achievement. But people laughed at it. People said it wasn't. People said it meant nothing. And now we're all desperate to get back in the top four. So if you don't maintain that level, you will get left behind. And unfortunately, as a football club, we've not invested in the right way. I'm not going to say we've not invested enough because we have invested money. It's just been done badly. It's just been done poorly. And it takes me back to the point I made earlier on uh, around why I am not confident that Arsenal, if they do sell Granit Xhaka in a cut price deal, are going to go out and bring in someone who's necessarily better. That's the worry here, because the incompetence at these football clubs runs from the very top and it trickles all the way down to the very bottom a uh, big thank you to jack uh, for your very kind uh, super chat donation really really appreciate it mate he says uh, how much would you take for enketia um again i feel like we're going to have to kind of alter our expectations with regards to what clubs are going to be willing to pay at this moment in time i think that um i think that if somebody offered 8 to 10 million pounds for eddie enketia I wouldn't even bat an eyelid. I'd do the deal. It'll be done. See you later, Eddie. I just don't think he's going to make it at Arsenal. And I think we just, we we need to raise money this summer. And It's not going to be by selling one or two players for big money. It's going to be by selling a volume of players and Arsenal need to do that. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, Inter, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm assuming he's talking about... Um, Matteo Genduzzi here, going back to my comments on Genduzzi. Would you prefer to keep a young player with an attitude problem that could be changed or a manager who's failed at his job since he's been there? Uh, you're obviously referring to, to Matteo Genduzzi and honest answer. I don't think Matteo Genduzzi's is that good that you should put up with his shit, if I'm honest. You know, if you're talking about Thierry Henry being a bit of an ass from time to time, Alexis Sanchez, you know, walking off the pitch kicking his toys out the pram because he got substituted you don't like it but you accept it because you realize that what they bring to you on the field is so much more than the trouble they cause in Matteo Gendouzi's case he did all right at Arsenal but he wasn't so good that you should as a manager put up with his shit Arsenal are not a worse team with Xhaka and Partey in midfield than they would be with Partey and Gendouzi in midfield in my opinion so you know no, I, I, I don't. You know, I. You should never accept a bad attitude from a player as a manager. It sets the wrong precedent if you do. But when you're talking about a player like Genduzi, who's still learning, who's still developing, who let's be honest, has gone to her to Berlin for the season and hasn't pulled up any trees, why not? Matteo Genduzi should be bossing midfields in the Bundesliga, but he's not. He hasn't done any of that. He's been quite average individually. I know to Berlin season wasn't great, and you have to take that into context, of course. But he hasn't done enough, Matteo Genduzi, to be able to swan around the training ground, walk around the pitch, give it to players like Neil Mopai about their salaries. It's just it's, it's nonsense. It's immaturity that has constantly cropped up throughout this guy's career. And you will see, mark my words now, I said when Matteo Gendouzi was banished by Mikel Arteta after that Brighton and Hove Albion game, that his career would decline, would go on a a wild spiral of decline and he'll end up playing for a mid-table club somewhere. And and I know Arsenal are a mid-table club right now and I know someone's going to crack that joke. But what I mean is a mid-level football club, a football club that, you know, that are below what his talent will bring him or what his talent deserves, because his attitude is, is a mess. It's it's completely wrong. And you're seeing that spiral begin already. You know, young kid gets his move to the Premier League. Great, happy days. Comes into the team, takes his chance with both hands, impresses people, turns people's heads, and then the attitude creeps in. And over the period of time with a new manager, when he hasn't got a manager who's uh, who's kind of incredibly supportive of him, like Unai Emery was when he's got a manager who's maybe a little bit sceptical about him. He failed to impress Mikel Arteta. He got sent to Hertha Berlin. He's failed to impress them. They're not even interested in pursuing a deal for, for Matteo Guendouzi. And if what I was saying earlier on is right, that he could be available for eight to 10 million pounds, why the hell wouldn't they be? Hertha Berlin have spent money in recent years. They're not afraid to do so. They obviously don't think he's good enough. And now he's going to end up back in Ligue 1 where he started at a club in Marseille, who are below Paris Saint-Germain in level, so he's gone from Paris Saint-Germain, elevated his career, Premier League, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and he's gone all the way back round and he's going to end up back in France um, with Marseille at a lower level than the club he started at or the club he joined us from. Why? Because his attitude is wrong. It's that simple. Uh, right. Let's say, let, let me pick out one or two. Uh, more bits and pieces between uh, now and the end of the stream. Uh, what have we got here? Ashton, Arteta isn't good enough and I can't accept his shit, Harry. False manager, false tactics, false management. I mean, I like. I get that people don't, don't like Mikel Arteta and, and don't want him to continue. I get that. I just feel like it's getting a bit like, you know, we're talking about transfers here. We're talking about players. We're talking about what we need to do, and and the it's just that toxicity needs to like it's the summer, man. Just like put it to one side. Let's kind of look at the summer. Let's let's see what happens after the summer. Let's see what happens after the first few games of next season, and then we can make that judgment again. I'm not saying tell everybody and shout it from the rooftops that Mikel Arteta is the best manager in the world. I'm just saying let's put our feelings uh, with regards to the manager right now on ice and see how things pan out uh big hello to dyer who says hi harry hope you're well all good mate thank you uh thank you for joining us as always um and uh i think i think i'm gonna leave it there i'm gonna leave it there for this live edition of the podcast a massive thank you to every single one of you uh for joining us live i can see there's around about 200 of you watching us at the moment across the. across the various platforms. Apologies if I haven't got round uh, to answering your questions just yet. I've got a birthday meal uh, to attend this evening, so I better shoot off, better get ready and better head out. Uh, Let me um, just check in where we're at on the likes. We have got uh, just 73 likes at the moment. Uh, We're almost at 200 in terms of live viewers, so if you could help us at least get to the 100 mark between now and the end of the video, that would be great. Just smash that like button. It doesn't cost a penny and it really really helps me out uh, subscribe to the channel if you're new we're approaching 13 and a half thousand subscribers I'd love to get there over the weekend so subscribe if you're new check out our membership scheme if you wish to do so and I'll catch you all very very soon until next time take care hope you've enjoyed the show ciao